0: Hi there, welcome to this week's Facebook Live. I'm Cheryl Richardson and um, looking forward to being here with you tonight. I'll wait a couple of minutes for people to join and then we'll have a little chat and um, I'll be here to answer some questions, do some live coaching about whatever topics might be on your mind. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what it's like in your part of the woods. Be sure to say hello and let me know where you are. That would be great. Thank you. I see the hearts. And hi, Kathy. Welcome to you. And hi, Terry. I'm glad you're here. Um, And Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. And uh, Teresa. Welcome to you, too. Um, I love it. The three top fans <laughs> um, show up. Four top fans, really. Um, show up right at the beginning. I appreciate that. Hi, Raven from Vancouver. Welcome to you, and Lacey from Toronto, and Kim from Tacoma, Washington. Welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, It's um, a snowy New England today. We got some snow this afternoon. It was really quite beautiful. It was freezing cold out. I think it was maybe only 20 degrees, and but the snow came in, and it just sort of covered everything in white and then stopped so fingers crossed that that's all we're getting i'm um I like snow, but I like just a little snow that makes the makes the world beautiful. <laughs> I don't like having to um go out and trudge through it and shovel and do all that sort of stuff the First thing I always shovel when it snows here is the uh, back deck, the whole area where my bird feeder is and where the water the water that I put out is, so I always go out and shovel that first, shovel it all off so that I can replace the water and leave some bird seed around for the little critters that come to visit um, hi hi there i 'm looking hi, um, Monica. welcome to you and Hi, James. Uh, look at this, two weeks in a row. You're right, James. It is a miracle. <laughs> and it's snowing like crazy in Michigan. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. I hear that there's there's um, there's an uh, there's a big cold snap uh, happening in the Midwest. And I love you guys, but don't send it my way. <laughs> Keep it where you are, okay? I'd appreciate that. Um, hi, Pia. G- glad to see you. Gl- I'm happy you're here. And Christina from Ontario, welcome to you. And Joanne, hi there, um, Happy, and Sheila, welcome, my dear, glad you're here, and Joel, some of the, the, um, the regulars are here, Monica is here, welcome, and um, Elena from New Zealand, welcome, good morning to you, I should say, right, and Brenda, where, who is in sunny and warm Utah, 47 is warm to me, that's springtime at this point, point. and Nancy in Maryland, and Adrian from Rhode Island, welcome to you, and Miriam, and Beryl from the Netherlands and Carol from um, British Columbia, Um, Sue from Michigan and Debbie from Pembroke Pines, Florida. I'm heading to Florida next week for a few days. I'm really happy about that. It'd be nice to get into some warm weather. Anyway, um, so if you'd like some coaching tonight, uh, the best thing to do is to put your question or your situation. Be brief but be brief and specific if you can, um, because that will just help me to help you. And you can put it in the comment section. And just when you put it in, make sure that you copy it as well, because sometimes um, you'll have to repost it because Facebook just scrolls through the comments and doesn't let me go back to them usually. Sometimes it does, but very rarely. So hi, Erica from the UK. Welcome. And Amy, I'm glad you're here. And Jeanette and Lee, welcome to you, and Kathy. Um, oh no, Kathy, snow's coming tonight, she says, in Massachusetts. That worries me. <laughs> um, Nathabo from Toronto says, she, I met you in 2011 at the Oprah Winfrey Life Class. Today's Oprah's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday to Oprah. It's um, January 29th, right? Yep, it's her birthday today, so let's all send her good vibes, shall we? Um, so let's see, what should we talk about to start? I was um, I was working on the, well, first of all, let me say this. Um, today is a special day because the paperback version of Waking Up in Winter is released today. So you can get it on Amazon and in bookstores and Um, Wherever you normally get your books, the paperback is now out there, um, as is the audio version, which I know some of you have listened to. A lot of people write to me and say that they like listening to the audio version because it's my voice and they feel like they're sort of taking the journey with me. And I understand that. I like doing audio books for that reason as well, especially if I feel like I know the author. It makes it more personal. Um, But the paperback is available today. And I've been. I've just been really, um, you know, I have to say that as a writer and as a teacher, I've been really grateful for the kind of deeper conversations I've been able to have with people about midlife and about, and not even just midlife, but living a life that, living an examined life, actually. I think it was Plato or Socrates who said that. Um, you know, what does it mean to pay attention to the life that you're living, to, stop now and then and really reflect on the choices that you're making, where you are at this point in your life, what matters most to you, what what the disappointments are, um, what you might regret not doing if you haven't done it yet. Some people talk about making a bucket list and um, that's not something I've done. Um, I don't know. I might do it at some point, but um, I'm actually just more interested in who am I becoming as a woman. And I guess One of the things I wanted to talk about, I've mentioned it here before on Facebook Live, um, and it it bears repeating, and that is that when we reach um, a transitional point in life, which midlife often is, and for some people midlife is 40 years old, for others it's 50, for some it's 60 or 70. I hear from all people of all different ages who feel like, um, I remember one time a woman wrote to me who was 75 and said, I feel like I'm at midlife. Um, one of the things that happens as we reach midlife, if we're awake enough, in other words, if we're not so bogged down with daily responsibilities and um, the so entrenched in the roles that we've played all our lives, whether it's the caretaker or the achiever or the perfectionist or the um, hermit, um, you know, uh, if we've been fairly self-reflective and we've been open, then one of the things that can happen at midlife is we start to notice that there is a calling for other parts of us to be experienced and expressed. So for example, if you've been the good girl all your life, right, always doing the right thing and taking care of people and you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure that you are towing the line in whatever way, you might find that whether it be in your dreams, in your journaling, in your conversations, um, you might find that there is a bad girl inside that wants to be expressed. Um, An imperfectionist, (laughs) how's that for a new role? Um, You might find that you want to be taken care of instead of being the one that is caring for others. Uh, You might find that you want to be braver, be more of a risk taker because you've kind of played it safe for a good part of your life. And um, those parts of us start to clamor for attention. And if we don't pay them attention, if we don't, uh, you know, if we don't um, create the space for them to exist in our lives, then sometimes they can wreak a little havoc. They can get us into trouble you know, all of a sudden you find yourself blurting out something inappropriate um, during a conversation because you're just frustrated and you're so tired of feeling um, hemmed in or uh, you're just, you know, you're you're fed up with never speaking your mind. So suddenly you just blurt out what it is you're thinking in an inappropriate way and it comes back to haunt you. Or the um, the infamous, you know, midlife affair or red Corvette, you know, the husband that goes out to buy the red Corvette or the man that goes out to buy the sports car. That's a sort of traditional, uh, joke around midlife. Um, when really in a lot of ways, what's happening is, um, you know, we are whole people as Debbie Ford used to always say, we are everything good and bad, um, light and dark, saintly and sinner. And, um, the goal in our growth and development is to become whole. And in becoming whole, we need to be able to express the fullness of who we are. And so one of the things you can do is you can take some time to really think about the roles that you've played in your life up until this point, mother, father, husband, wife, partner, daughter, son, um, caregiver, uh, like I said, achiever um, you know what are the roles that you've played? what are the roles you've played professionally? what are the roles that you've played personally, and um how have those roles how are those roles now limiting you in some way so for example, I know that um in my own life i've been a caregiver for a long time, and i've played a mother role for a long time, and as I get older, I find that I would like to play. The father role sometimes, or I would like to be, um, I would like to have people take care of me. I would like to be able to receive more. And I'm learning to do that. I'm learning to allow people to take care of me instead of always being uh, the caregiver. Uh, Maybe you're somebody who's always been in charge, in control of everything, making sure that the household runs smoothly, or the office runs smoothly, or the business runs smoothly. And um, you'd like to, you feel this sort of Either you feel this call to give up control or you're being forced to give up control because of the things that are happening in your life. And maybe a more surrendered you wants to be experienced and expressed. Maybe you've been the hero all your life and now you want somebody to step in and be the hero for you. Or you want to be able to be more vulnerable and to let other people um, be, a, be a champion for you. Uh, you might be the giver and you might need to practice being the receiver, not the taker. You know, because it has such negative connotations. Although some people need to learn to be a taker, um, but to be more of a receiver in uh, in this next stage of your life. So you can start out by really making a list of all of the roles that you've played. All of the, and if you're not sure, I mean, you know, we're all sure of some of the some of the roles. But you might even um, ask people close to you, whether it's family members or friends, to tell you what roles they've seen you play in your life and um, And just make a list of them because in making a list of those roles, then you can take some time to kind of sit with that list and ask yourself, what's the opposite of a caregiver? What's the opposite of an achiever? What's the opposite of um, somebody who's always in control? And um, who do you know in your life that plays the opposite role? Now here's here's a clue. Very often when we are very rigidly In a particular role in our life. We draw people to us, be it in intimate relationships, romantic relationships or friendships, even collegial relationships. We draw people to us that often reflect opposite roles or contrasting roles. Um, And sometimes those people can actually be wonderful teachers. You know the old saying, opposites attract in romantic relationships? Well, they often do. And part of that is, Because as human beings and as spiritual beings, we're moving toward wholeness and we're often consciously and unconsciously attracted to people who reflect parts of us that we haven't met yet, parts of us that haven't been expressed yet. Um, parts of us that need to be developed more, need to be expressed more. So for example, if you're somebody who's a procrastinator, you might find yourself married to someone who's a get it done person, right? And they're always trying to get they are like overachieving and you wish that they would just relax and slow down when in fact you need to adopt some of that achieving energy, which will then in the relationship force them to kind of relax that energy back a bit. So, That's part of the beauty of relationships is that we enter into them um, if we enter into them with our eyes open recognizing that the people that we're in relationship with are mirroring ways of being that um, we may very well need to develop. You you begin to get the spiritual nature of all relationships, relationships as teachers um, and especially I think our most Uh, powerful teaching relationships are those we have with our intimate partners, whether you're living with someone or dating somebody um, consistently or dating the same type of person consistently. I remember one time a very dear friend of mine kept dating artists. I told this story somewhere, I forget, I I may have put it in one of my books. She kept dating artists and um, the relationships were always kind of flighty and not very, you know, they weren't really solid relationships. But she was so attracted to these men who were the artist types. And then finally one day I remember I said to her, why don't you start expressing your own artistic side and see what happens? You know, why don't you stop dating the people you need to be more of and why don't you instead um, just start allowing the artist in you to express herself? And it's exactly what she did and she actually stopped dating artists and she began to do more of her own drawing and her own expression of art. So sometimes we can recognize the people that um, we need to become more like or the qualities of character that we need to develop more by the consistency, that the, the the consistent kinds of roles that we're dating, the roles that people take on. Sometimes it's work roles and sometimes it's just personal characteristics. So midlife is a great time to do that. And in waking up in winter, in a lot of ways, that whole journal, because it's a journal um, instead of a self-help book, that whole journal is a movement toward me um, uh, moving away from the roles that I've played in the first half of my life and opening the door for new roles, new parts of me to be expressed. And I'm happy to say that that's happening. And I really, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, it, it, when we allow ourselves to express these new parts of us, we release energy. We actually have more energy. And, um, and uh, we actually, like literally, physically feel more energy. We have more psychic energy. It's a great way to combat depression is by looking at what parts are being suppressed that want to be expressed. Um, so, that's um, that's something to think about at this point in your life where you know if you feel like you're at a midlife point ask yourself what other parts of me haven't been expressed yet that want more um want more space and time and energy in my life it's a good question to ask okay so let's look at um let's look at uh your questions shall we and the coaching that you need so you can go ahead and post a question or uh, um, a situation in the comment section remember to copy it so that if you um if you need me to I mean uh, if it if um Facebook scrolls beyond it I'll be able to see it again so you might need to post it a couple of times but I'm gonna go through here and see if I can um, uh, So Kathy says, how do you deal with what feels like PTSD from having a chronic health condition and seeing so many doctors, most of whom cannot help? When I, get even a small, when I get even small physical things that happen now, it makes me feel like I'm in fight, flight, or freeze mode. I do yoga, meditate, practice gratitude, et cetera, but feel an immediate sense of anxiety take over. Yeah. So what's happening, Kathy, is um, there's just a trained pattern of thinking, right? It's a neural program. Let me just make a note of your name, Kathy, so that I remember it when Facebook makes you disappear. Um, so you've just linked up physical sensation with anxiety and that record starts playing when something happens. Tapping therapies is one of the best strategies I've found for breaking that cycle. Um, so I would recommend that you go to, uh, if you have a smartphone, Download the, um, hold on one second, it's awfully warm in here. Bear with me, people. Download the um, the Tapping Solution app. It's a fantastic resource, I'm telling you. Um, you'll have it on your phone. You can use it anytime you feel anxious. And the next time you find yourself immediately going into fight or flight as a result of some kind of a physical um, uh, ailment, a uh, reaction or response in the body. Learn a tapping sequence that you can use. You can go right to the app and use one for anxiety. That would be a good idea. Um, Also, I want to say to you, Kathy, that um, any illness, and especially chronic illnesses, I think, are an invitation to, to own our power in an even greater way. I love this about Chris Carr. You know, Chris Carr's work, to me, one of the most profound things about her work is it gives patients, it gives people with cancer back their power because it makes them recognize that I actually have more control over what happens in my body or how, I, let me say it this way, I have more influence over the relationship that I have with my body and its level of health. <laughs> the society that we've been raised in and the medical system we've been raised in, would lead us to believe because we're growing up as a society. We're grow. We're becoming more educated when it comes to um, health and medical conditions. I will tell you this, Kathy. Food is medicine. Um, if you don't follow Charlie Goldsmith, who is he was on the TLC show, The Healer. He recently posted a video, Terry. If you could just make a note. Um, on Charlie Goldsmith's Facebook page, Terry's my webmaster and she's on here. Um, it's a seven minute video that he posted about his dad who has Parkinson's and what happened when he took his dad home for one week and fed him. The change in his father's physical health was amazing to me and such a beautiful indication of what happens when we start recognizing that food is medicine. And when we begin to feed ourselves well, the body responds and it responds really quickly, regardless of the illness you have. Now, the truth of that is, Kathy, most people have a hard time changing their diet. Most people have, you know, because food is a loaded conversation. But this is true for all of us, by the way, all of us, all of you listening to me, um, any kind of physical ailment that you have could absolutely be improved if you started to give yourself more green vegetables, uh, a lot a lot less animal protein, uh, more fruits and vegetables um, if you ate less for a lot of people, uh, if you drank more water, like just nourishing the body in the right way is an example, Kathy, I guess, of what I'm saying about owning the power that we have to create health in our bodies. The medical system in this country is really stressful and doctors are stressed. I mean, I've coached doctors, I've spoken, I've taught doctors. They're stressed out of their minds, and so they're not, they're not educated about the power of nutrition in the way that the medical community really ought to be, and it requires taking responsibility on our part um, for getting educated about our health, but also behaving differently with how we eat and how we move our bodies, and so the tapping solution, I think the the, um, the application, the app on the phone would be awesome for you. I think you'd really love it. And um, and then also just I'll post a link to Charlie's um, uh, uh, video that he did with his dad, and I hope that that inspires you to also look at how you might be able to um, change your body. His father has Parkinson's. His father pretty much thought he was dying. He was starting to say goodbye to people, and Charlie had been on him, I think, for changing his diet for a while. But everybody was like, same thing, like when my father was sick. Everybody said, oh, he's in his 80s, you know he's lived a full life don't don't rob him of the pleasures well that's a choice that somebody can make and who am i to judge i mean if you'd rather get pleasure from eating i i think i say go for it but if you don't want to be in pain and you want to stick around for a while and you want to improve your health what you put into your mouth the food you put in your mouth is the single most powerful influence you have over the state of your uh your physical health and the state of your body. So, okay, you can tell I have a lot of energy about this, right, Kathy? I've been experiencing it in my own life. I mean, I had such, I wrote about it in waking up in winter, the pain I had in my hands from the arthritis that I had, and it's completely gone because I changed my diet, completely gone. And I knew it. I knew it years ago that that was a change I needed to make, and I wasn't ready. And this year, I have been ready, and it's made a big, big difference. so I hope that's helpful, kathy. I really do and I'll, I'll look to see if you've written anything else here. Um, all right, let's see here uh, again, please remember to um to repost your question because I can't see all of them um, Okay, so now I'm looking um. Uh, Let's see. So, questions, questions, questions. Um, um, Oh, okay, Andrea, I'm so glad the doctor declared my pressure wound is healed today. I have a couple more weeks of bed rest before I restart my sitting protocol, but I'm on my way. Thank you for your prayers. You're so welcome, sweetheart. And congratulations. I'm really, really glad for you. I'm really glad for you. That's terrific news. Um, um. So Laurie says, I've been out of the workforce for 10 years, first because I was sick, then because I became a caregiver. I don't know if I need to go to school or what to do to get back into the working world. I'm lost. Well, so Laurie, first thing I would say is before you even think about school, you need to think about other things like who are you at this time in your life? What do you really love doing? What are you skilled at? If you don't know, ask some of your friends to tell you. What they think you're really good at, and um, because school doesn't teach us, uh, school doesn't teach us what it is we need to do for work. We need to uncover what it is we need, we want to do for work, and then decide whether or not schooling would benefit us in some way. So, Laurie, um, I would say, assuming that you need to work in order to make some money. I would start by looking at um, what are you really good at doing? Uh, are you great at organizing, bookkeeping? Are you a great decorator? are you a cook? you know do you understand computers? like what is it that you love to do that you're really good at? And you could even start by um, offering those services to friends and family, or um, volunteering. I had a client I was talking to earlier today. Somebody that I've been working with for a while, who started volunteering for an organization, and as a result was then offered she was then offered a job for the organization. And she loves what she's doing. She's doing it part time. Working volunteering gave her confidence. It reconnected her to her talents and gifts. It. Um, It created the energy of momentum, which I think is really important. It put her out there in the world. It allowed her to meet other people. And as a result, she now has a job. So um, it all starts by really identifying what is it that you're really good at that you love to do and um, getting out and doing it, Lori, Just get started. The universe loves action and momentum. So when we start to put our energy out into the world, you know, for example, if I decided right now that I needed to work, I love organizing. I love cleaning things out and organizing. And I could go to friends and family, past colleagues, whomever, and say, I am available to organize. So if you know anybody who wants closets cleaned out or kitchen cabinets or wants to tidy up, as we're all talking about these days, or eliminate clutter, as we've talked about here as a result of my sister Carrie's book, um, I would be your girl. And I would say, sure, I'll go. You can pay me an hourly rate and I'll go ahead and eliminate clutter. So that's the spirit you want to look at, Laurie. Is what is it that you want to do? Um, what kind of energy do you want to contribute to the world? And the world will then start to tell you how you're going to get paid for it. So, all right. I hope that's helpful, dear. Let's see. Um, uh, I hate that when I start to read a question and then it just goes by. Um, So Joanne says, a friend of mine recently gave up his job as he just wasn't happy doing it anymore but finances are now tight and the optimism is disappearing. He just doesn't know what to do or what direction to go in. Joanne, in a situation like that when somebody needs to make money in order to live then you don't even worry about um, uh, figuring out what your purpose is or what your ideal job is. You just take whatever skills you have and you go out and you get a job so that you have money coming in. I joked, I think it was last week, that um, the other thing I would do if I needed to make money right away is I would absolutely go wait tables at a restaurant, without a doubt. Um, I loved waiting tables when I was younger. I felt like an entrepreneur. I felt like I really could control my income by how well I took care of people, the kinds of tips I would get. And so, um, of course, optimism is disappearing. Right now, it's, okay, who around this person is hiring? whether it's working at a local health food store in retail or um, painting houses, like whatever it is, what are your skills that will allow you to bring a consistent source of income in now so that you then have the kind of, you know, emotional and physical space and psychic space to be able to think about what the next position is. So any work that you do, you can think of it as a transition position while you're um, that that you're engaged in to bring a consistent source of income in while you're then exploring what's next for you career-wise. Okay, um, so you know support the person in doing that, Joanne. Um, yeah, James says that it's amazing um, the food thing. I started an anti-inflammatory lifestyle a month ago. And um, it's amazing the changes in my body. It really is. I mean so many of us are walking around with so much uh, inflammation in the body. Um, Gluten-free makes a big difference, absolutely. Uh, Eliminating dairy makes a huge difference. Um, Okay, let's see. You all are doing a good job of reposting your questions. Which app, please? Um, Anne-Marie, it's the Tapping Solution. Any of the resources that I mentioned during Facebook Live will get posted here afterwards. I'll go in and edit it once the live feed comes up. So you'll be able to find the app there, Anne-Marie. But it's, if you go to thetappingsolution.com, uh, you can read about the tapping therapies there. Or on your phone, go to the App Store and download the Tapping Solution there. You'll see the, um, the app right there and it's worth every penny. Um, it's really a terrific resource. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Kathy. Okay, Kathy says, I've been out on workman's comp because I fell at school. I've been out a year and a half. I swear the universe knocked me on my butt to get me out of the toxic environment. I have to make a decision to go back. Okay, that makes no sense to me. Um, which I don't know if I can handle physically or continue with the courts. I've started a business online and it's going well but nowhere near what I made as a teacher. It's been tough money-wise but I'm much happier with working on my business. I'm not sure which way to go." (laughs) Then she says, Oh my God, I think you're talking to me. I've always been the good girl. Um, What do I do? I'm normally not a risk taker but I love this business. Well, Kathy, you know it really just depends on financially where you're at. Are you able to pay your bills? If you are, then it might be that you decide to, um, to go ahead and um, continue with the business. And I mean, you said that the universe knocked you on your butt to get out of a toxic environment. So I don't know why you'd want to go back there, which means I would be more concerned with what are some of the other things, just like I've been saying through this whole Facebook Live, what are some of the other skills that you can engage in Uh, that you can use to make you money, to support you while this business gets up and running. Um, Because toxic environments, I mean, you've been out on workman's comp already. Don't do that to yourself again. And even if it means you need to downsize, then downsize. Um, But take care of yourself. You deserve to take care of yourself, sweetheart. so Allison says, "Hi Cheryl, I've worked a corporate job all my life. I'm looking to be more entrepreneurial, but scared to jump in the deep end." Thank you so much. Went to your retreat in Boston many moons ago. Allison, don't jump in the deep end, sweetheart. Of course you're scared. Um, that's what keeps most people stuck—is thinking that they have to go from A to Z, right? I call that A to Z thinking. Instead, Allison, you want to look at um, what can you do on the side. I'm assuming if you're looking into more entrepreneurial, I'm assuming that there's some stuff that you like to do that could be more entrepreneurial. And is there a way that you could begin to do it on the side um, while you continue to work so that you're able to pay your bills, or you can also think about downsizing or saving up money, like setting yourself up to be more entrepreneurial? Um, but I would do things like um, do some uh, uh, informational interviewing with entrepreneurs. Take some uh, Read about entrepreneurs online. Take a class, take an adult ed class uh, on bookkeeping or accounting. Very important if you want to be an entrepreneur. Talk to friends of yours who have their own businesses. Uh, entrepreneurship isn't, sometimes it feels like it's this big looming thing. But the truth is if I decided to start an organizing business tomorrow and I said my rates are $30 an hour and you hire me to come clean, organize your kitchen, I'm now an entrepreneur and you're gonna pay me and I'm going to set up you know, um, a separate business account and I'm gonna deposit the money into that business account and I'm gonna go out and tell more people about what I do. And like, that's being an entrepreneur. And a lot of people start businesses like that on the side. So as, lo- as long as you think of it as, I'm gonna quit my corporate job and become an entrepreneur, Jump into the deep end, you'll probably never do it because it doesn't make sense to do it that way. You want to do it one small step at a time. All right? Thanks, Allison. Okay, let's see. Um, Debbie wants to know what is your diet that helped with your arthritis? Um, Years ago, probably 20 years ago now, I saw a functional medicine doctor. This is a doctor who treats the whole body and all the systems. And he said to me, Cheryl, a good diet is really simple. Protein and produce. If you focus your energy on protein and produce, uh, you know, if you focus a majority of your meals on protein and produce, that would make all the difference in the world. Lots of green vegetables, lean proteins. I prefer a more plant-based diet. Um, uh, Beans, lentils, you know, beans, lentils, um, You know, learn about the levels of protein and vegetables, lots of great peas. I love peas, high in protein, smoothies. Um, Green, anti inflammatory is getting rid of sugar, getting rid of white flour, getting rid of dairy, and wheat. All of those things are just very high processed foods and they really add inflammation in the body. Alcohol, also, you know, wine. When I stopped drinking wine, uh, not that I ever really, I didn't even drink that much wine. And it made a huge difference just in terms of lowering the sugar levels in my body and um, lowering the inflammation. So those are some of the things that really helped me, Debbie. And the funny thing, Debbie, now is I know (coughs) I don't do anything, um, excuse me, I don't, um, I don't restrict myself because I know better. you know. I, I'm old enough now to know that if I say I will never eat sugar again, I guarantee you I'm going to want to leave here and go eat some sugar right now. So I don't restrict myself. But I will tell you that um, the cleaner you eat and the more green you eat, the less sugar you want. And it only takes three days for cravings to go away. For most people three days is all it takes. And so um, uh, now I know that if I go out, let's say I went out and I had a glass of wine, I can feel it. In my fingers, and so it's just a beautiful reminder of, oh yeah, that's why I don't do that anymore. Let me do something different instead. So the body becomes this wonderful barometer for how well we're feeding ourselves, based on how it feels. It's really awesome in that way. I think it's terrific. So those are some. That's some of um some of what I do, um, uh, in terms of diet that really makes a huge difference. Okay. Um, Oh, that's great, Kathy. Kathy says she's gonna check out the tapping solution. She has changed her diet and she's working with the functional medicine doc. Fantastic. Yes, yes, fantastic. I always say naturopaths and functional medicine doctors to me are the first line of health, without a doubt. Okay, let's see. Maybe one more question and then we'll um we'll wrap it up. Uh let's see. Yes, so someone says, what foods do you eat? Kale, arugula, um, watermelon, blueberries, steel-cut oatmeal uh, with bananas and um, sometimes I throw in some pistachio nuts or walnuts. Almond, I only drink almond, you know, almond milk. I make my own almond milk, it's so easy. Hemp milk, I'm making that now. Um, Any kind of vegetable, I tend to stay away from the nightshade vegetables. Um, peas, love peas, sugar snap peas. Munch on them as as if they were a snack. Um, um, beans, lentils. Have I had some lentil soup earlier that was delicious. One of my favorite things during the day as a quick snack is to bake sweet potatoes, and um, take uh, baked sweet potatoes this is a great little tip for all of you. Bake sweet potato, cut it in half, open it all up. You know it's nice and soft. I take um, I cook some peas organic frozen peas. Just take them out, cook them real quick, put them in the middle of the potato, uh, the sweet potato and I take flax oil and just drizzle flax oil over it. Sometimes I'll put um, other vegetables with it, kale, spinach. I, I'll take kale and spinach, put it in a food processor, chop it all up you know, so it's nice and small. You can sprinkle that on a sweet potato. It's delicious and really, really good for you. That's one of my favorite little lunch things to do as well as um, kale and arugula in the food processor. And then I take flax oil, a little bit of lemon juice, some local honey. I always like to have local honey. Mix it all together with some salt and pepper. Pour it over the, the um, food processed kale and arugula and it's delicious salad. And really quick, really quick. Uh, Megan says, what do you think about energy healing like Reiki? I love any kind of energy work, Megan. I think is beautiful. Years ago, in 1997, I had major abdominal surgery, and I had Reiki before I went into surgery, and Reiki when I came out of surgery. I've also I'm also a big fan of polarity. The tapping uh, therapies are working with energy, so I think um, working with people, you know, a really good uh, Reiki practitioner. I think it's a beautiful way to calm the body. Cranial sacral work is also great. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of. Including the body in healing, (laughs) right? A lot of times we just focus on talk talk therapy or, um, you know, talking our way out of things. The body needs to be included because the body stores and holds so many memories and so much information. And um, so I'm a big believer in foot massages. As a matter of fact, I think Michael and I are going to go get one tonight once we finish here. So um, anything that you can do. To work with the body's energy system, I think, is a great line of defense for illness as well. Because remember, the body is the last place for stress to show up. So it starts out first in the energy field, then it moves into the emotional field. You know, um, or maybe it's, who knows, it could even be backwards that emotionally something starts, something's upsetting us that's not tended to, and then it starts to move into the energy field. And if it's not addressed, it lands in the body a lot of times that's not counting the fact that there are environmental factors and historical factors and all of that but if we can deal with the energy field around the body first it's a great way to prevent some illness for sure okay so that's my take on um that's my take on reiki <laughs> all right let's see um you know what i think we're going to finish up let well valerie hi i will have a surgery next week i did a lot of louise hay affirmations but i realized yesterday that i'm still really afraid i want everything to go well what else do you think i can do to calm and face my fear i have a great great suggestion for you valerie there is a wonderful book called prepare for surgery heal faster it's by peggy huddleston if you go to healfaster.com terry that's the website we can include healfaster.com it's actually a book i used in 97 And there's a protocol that um, Peggy writes about in that book, including, she also makes available, you can get it on the website I'm sure, um, a relaxation, a guided visualization, a guided tape, uh, a guided visualization that you can use both before surgery and during surgery. She writes about this process that's been scientifically proven to cut recovery times. My recovery time was almost cut in half so um, I really encourage you to check out that resource, Valerie. Valeria. Valeria, sorry. And I am going to put you in my prayer book, Valeria. Valeria Luna, what a name that is. What a gorgeous name. Valeria Luna. I'm going to put you in my prayer book, sweetheart, with a big heart and just visualize that your um, your surgery is going to just be great. It's going to actually be healing for you. And you want to use affirmations like, every hand that touches me is a healing hand. I'm surrounded by loving and caring people. My body heals quickly and easily. Um, make note of the time, Valeria, right now. Notice what time it is. You can fast forward to this and I'll repeat these. Every hand that touches my body is a healing hand. Every, I'm surrounded by loving and caring people. My body heals quickly and easily. I get great benefit from this surgery. My life takes a remarkable positive turn as the result of this surgery. Um, I'm grateful for the way my body heals itself through the surgery and beyond. you just want to keep using these affirmations Valeria as you prepare for the surgery and I promise you if you take if you read Peggy's book and you do the guided visualization and you use it at the hospital, it will make all the difference in the world. And you'll start to feel calmer way before you um, even get to the surgery. And the tapping can help as well. So I hope if you haven't downloaded the tapping app, I really encourage you to do that. Okay? All right, sweetheart. You're going to be just fine. I have no doubt. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Hi, Larry. I see your little face. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. It's my one of my favorite people in the whole world, Larry Legend. Um, anyway, thank you all for being here with me. You know, I appreciate it so much and I hope that something you heard tonight is going to support you in a really great way this week. I will. Um, I won't be here next week because I'm going to be traveling, but I'll be here the week afterwards. So um, and I'll every now and then I'll scroll back through these comments and see if I can't answer a few people. Um, but if not, be sure to come back and visit me, okay? And we'll do this all again. All right. Remember, Waking Up in Winter is um, out in paperback today. So if you haven't read it, now's the time to pick up a copy. Thanks so much. Take good care. Bye.